Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. All right, everybody. Good morning. We are live from New York City as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning and from our new home at Smash Studios. More on that later. At this hour, the New York City real estate market has had its ups and downs for almost three years. We've all been up and we've all seen rather up and down markets throughout our careers. But the last three year period doesn't seem to want to finally correct itself or or to speak. Speak as to what this has been all about. Buyers technically are in control, but seemingly not buying in large amount, uh, large quantities to make a difference. Is this a good market for New York City real estate agents to work in? If so, or if not, why? I will ask the panel their thoughts. Uh, also at this hour, if you have been paying attention, you're probably aware that the current buyer market is slowing down, but new condo inventory is hitting the market every week, so it's no surprise that new condo developers are providing some interesting incentives to get people to sign on the dotted line. What are those incentives, and can you get them? But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I'm Vince Rocco, and you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate. In the news this morning, battles over whether or not new development complies with city zoning rules are common these days, but the situation over at 1059 Third Avenue is a pretty new one for us. Manhattan Borough President Gail Brewer has called for an investigation into whether or not the tower, which is being developed by Real Estate Inverlad Development and Third Palm Capital, complies with the zoning code. According to her office, the 30-story tower, which is nearly complete, may have five more floors and 10,000 square feet more than the law allows. Uh, the architect for the development team, Manuel Glass, told the New York Times that the project is compliant and noted that the city's Department of Buildings approved the tower on four different occasions. But according to the New York Times, the last time floors were removed from a new building in New York was in 1991. At that time, the city ordered a developer to cut 12 floors off a 31-story tower. Wow, that's that sucks. We will be watching this very closely. <laughs> Horrible. How do you do that? For the developer, that is. Oh, my God. You know, I read these things 100 times before air, and I still am shocked somehow to what I read. Anyway, pardon me. <laughs> the priciest residential closing of last week was for a townhouse at 1416 East 67th Street on the Upper East Side. That closed at $77 million. Hedge funder John Griffin was hey, the now. buyer. Hey, now I was right. The second priciest residential closing recorded last week was for a condo at One Beacon Court in Sutton Place at $17 million. Former GE boss Jack Welsh was the seller on that one. And the priciest residential listing to hit the market last Friday was a townhouse at 65 Irving Place in Gramercy Park at $21.5 million. Sotheby's International Realty has that listing. Real estate clients spent $38 million on lobbying in New York State in 2018 and the first quarter of 2019, according to The Real Deal. The industry is in the middle of a major battle over rent regulation reform. The state's rent laws expire in nine days, and it's looking increasingly likely that the fate of nine bills that aim to overhaul rent laws will spill over into overtime. We'll keep a close watch on these developments and report as such. And on the national front, mortgage rates fell for the sixth straight week, hitting their lowest point since September of 17. The 30-year fixed rate average slid to 3.82%, and the 15-year rate hit 3.28% this week. Rates have been on a steady decline since November of 18, when they topped out near 5% and pushed mortgage applications to a four-year low. 
Billionaire Michael Dell paid $462 million for a 1,047-room Boca Raton Resort and Club in one of the largest hotel so- uh, sales in South Florida in recent years. Wow. Property records, uh, Tracy, do you broker that deal? I wish. Boca's a little out of my zone. Uh, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Property records reveal the Blackstone Group sold Indeed. the 337-acre resort to Dell's MSD partners for nearly $441,000 per room. Goldman Sachs provided a one hundred. $170 million loan. And here's my favorite story of the day. Jeff Bezos loves New York, but even if his company doesn't, Bezos will it pay. It does. It does. You heard it here. I think Amazon is still coming. Oh, good. I, well, okay. listen, why not? I agree. Anyway, he will pay almost $80 million for a three-unit pad at 212 Fifth Avenue, the priciest deal below 42nd Street in the history of New York. The deal includes the top penthouse in the building and two units one floor below. Assuming they are combined, they would span 17,000 square feet and contain 12 bedrooms, a size New York real estate agents typically refer to as big. <laughs> Huge. Why would he buy that if his company feet? isn't coming? Why have they not announced the second site selection? To, <clears> to, <throat> to be determined. Yes. That is a site selection. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could possibly very well be. Bezos is reportedly worth $106 billion, meaning this purchase could eat up a whopping 0.08% of his income Wild. if it goes oh, no. through. He better really start watching his budget. Uh, this just seems like a good time to remind everyone that money allegedly, okay, allegedly <laughs> can't buy happiness. John Berger. <laughs> Who said that? I believe that. Who's I saying that? definitely don't believe that. Are you kidding what me? What unhappy poor people are saying that. Unbelievable. How does $106 billion not buy happiness, okay? You buy us anything you want. I mean, come on now. John Berger of Brown Harris Stevens represented Bezos in the deal, and our own Nikki Field of Sotheby's International Realty represented the seller, the developers, Madison Square Equities, Building and Land Technology, and Thor Equities. I didn't know that Thor was part of that group. I bet Nikki's happy. They originally were. <laughs> Nikki's they were. very happy. They were originally. <laughs> and Nikki is very happy. And there is no word yet on whether his contract includes a provision to install a helipad on the rooftop of 212 5th. But we'll keep our eyes peeled on that one. And that's before too yesterday's soon. Too soon. Too soon. Oh, absolutely not. Well, you know, when he was technically coming to Long Island City, he had asked if New York City would allow him to have exactly. a helipad on top of the building so he can go to work via helicopter. I think you might have to wait a couple of yeah. years before asking that question. But after yesterday's accident yeah. here in Midtown Manhattan, I'm not quite doing, sure that uh, that's going to work. taking up space in uh, Hudson Yards, and they have plenty of helicopter pads. Correct. Over. So, you know, it, it's kind of like, I don't know. Uh, anyway, so with us today, we have Sean McPeak from Halstead. He's also the new host of a new podcast called Raving About Real Estate. I actually guested on it last week, and it was awesome. Uh, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Jordan Shea from Doug, uh, Douglas Elliman, Ari Harkoff from Halstead, Niall Lundgren from Compass, and our own Anna Shagalov from Halstead. Hello. <laughs> so good to see everybody. We had a little bit of a break. Yeah, we missed you. But nice to be back. I know. It's it's kind of nice to be back. I was thinking last night, I'm going to forget how to do this. Yeah. yeah you said yeah. yeah. Cue the audience. No, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah, where's the laugh track? Okay, so. <laughs> no, go I on. mean, in this, in this fancy new studio, there should be a laugh track. I know. There should be. Well, you know, that there is. There we, we got the quote from there the corner. There actually is. All right, which button is it? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know which button is it. Next no, just push the button and it'll work. We don't, need, we don't actually need canned laughter. We're just so funny. We know everyone's laughing. Here we go. I mean, it's like the unbelievable. But we are in Smash um, Smash Studios here in New York City on West 36th Street. Uh, I'm going to say it, and you know, no, no, no offense meant, but step up. 
Yes. Uh, Huge step From where we were the last five years. Um, And so we are happy to be here. It's brand new. Um, Everything is working technically fine. (laughs) And as long as Arizona is happy, I'm happy. So they say everything is perfect. I just got a note saying it's perfect. Okay. Yay. Wow. You're perfect. No, no, the sound quality is perfect. So that's all that matters. All right, let's get right to it. The New York City real estate market has had its ups and downs for almost three years. We've all seen up and down markets throughout our careers. But this last three-year period doesn't seem to want to finally correct and or speak. Speak meaning what is this market really all about? Why are we in this kind of quagmire of a, you know, whatever, up and down? Buyers technically are in control. This is the one that really gets me the most. But seemingly not buying in large enough quantities to make a difference. So is this a good market for New York City real estate agents to work in us? So we know what the market is. We know we have our, we've had our ups and downs. We know this is technically a buyer's market, et cetera. But as real estate agents, professionals, and what we've done here, you know, do here for, for years and years, is this a good market for us to be working in compared to other markets? I think every market is a good market. You just need to know how to work it, whether you're working with buyers or sellers. And the conversations are very different on both ends of things. And But there's business to be had. It's New York City real estate. When it slows down comparatively to anywhere else in the world, there's still business to be had. It's really interesting because in so many markets, it really is a plateau year after year. There's not the ups and downs that make it more interesting for us. But um, it's not as fun to be a listing agent. We may have to work harder for it, less money and put more time into it and creativity and deal with more of the same. You really want me to drop the price again, conversations with sellers. But yes, I agree with Anna. There's absolutely still a market always. Yeah, I think on the listing side, it gets becomes a little more challenging. But, you know, look, listen, like we always say and like we always think, you know, challenging markets cause us, I think, sometimes to think more or to think better or to yeah. come up and yeah. become more creative. Yeah, right. Adapt, to we have Adapt. Yeah, Adapt exactly. as an industry, Absolutely. the lower rungs fall off. It's not so easy. Exactly. To be yes. more nimble. And that helps out the uh, end consumer at the end of the day because we're getting smarter. We're learning how to use the technology and resources that we all have in our fingertips. We're using it more efficiently. It's helping out the, the buyers or the sellers. And it, it also keeps us from getting too complacent because when it's a seller's market and all you have to do is put you know put a listing on it hits streeties or whatever website and it sells I mean, it of keeps course, us. we do a lot more. I mean, it's more no, than no, just no, that. Obviously. Of course, yes, Anna, we, we do. contribute. We, we, do Thanks, a, Tracy. we do a lot more, but, but in the market. Shucks, we're full service agents Wait, here. Yeah, Come on now. Yeah. We're still a value add, even no, in I the mean, seller's market. But, that's, but at the very least, that works. Yes. And, Correct. But in a buyer's market, you really have to go above and beyond. You have to get creative. You have to think about different avenues to showcase your listing. Mm-hmm. And you have to, I mean, I think buyers are buying. It's just taking them a lot longer to do exactly. so. And they're they're really doing their homework and they really feel in control. Yep. I mean, I will say, you know, we can we have complained and bemoaned the whole um, mansion tax and uh, transfer tax increase. It has actually on the higher end. I've had several cash buyers that are racing the clock to be able to close before July 1st. So I have not been mad about that. Well, July 1st is the deadline. But what I think I can also take away from all of this is, you know, we learn as agents, you know, we, we learn so many things on a daily basis. But. We learn to, to work better with our clients' expectations yeah. on the seller side, the buyer side, because that's really what it's all about. It's mm-hmm. making sure that they understand, like we're trying to understand, what the, the market's all about. You know, we don't have all the right answers, but we have some of the answers and what, what the market's all about, you know, and plan accordingly. Look, we're going to lose some listings. We're going to get some listings, you know, from other people, but um, – you got to kind of maneuver through it all. I don't think it's a bad market for agents to work in. I think, as all of you just said, it's we just have to, you know, learn navigate. how to navigate yeah. through it all. And, you know, like everything else, things come and go. Things change. We've seen, I don't even know how many uh, markets I've seen in all the years. 
but it, it is what it is. It's just I think this one is just a little longer though. That's the one that gets me the most. It's just going on just a little it's too tough. long. And again, because it's not in lockstep <clears throat> with the booming economy, low employment, you know, it, it's we're all a little thrown off because it doesn't follow the norm. And we know right. we're in this for years to come. I mean, it's a reality. This is not changing anytime soon. And not at all. And I and I agree with that. I think we're going to be here for a bit. <laughs> the macro economy at a certain point has to tip, right? At some point, the U.S. economy will go into recession and the New York City real estate market can't go up when the macro economy goes down. That's just doesn't make sense. So I think we have years to it, go. It's contradictory, and, and I think we've got a long time to go. Anyway, we've got to take a break. Leave it there. We'll be back on the other side of the break. But first, this is Good Morning New York, live from New York City. We're coming back right after the mess- these messages. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their product. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Oh, look, we have our laugh track. Do you hear the laugh track? Isn't that something? Aaron, thank you so much for that. Yay. We're, we're a sitcom this morning. All right. So. We are our own Every morning. We are, we are our own sitcom, too, actually. Wait, Why are we so funny? Wait until the video. <laughs> By the way, guys, did you see the video cameras all over the place here? So, you know, we can start doing that eventually as well. Wow. That's going to be nice. Anyway, we're back with the panel. Sean, Tracy, yeah. Jordan, Ari, Niall, and Anna. I'm excited. 
Um, and so the death of the New York City diner, here's a little fun uh, tidbit. The death of the New York City diner culture has been predicted for years, but there's still some life remaining. I mean, there are still some diners left out there. Well, someone recently said that a diner is like a 747. It needs a lot of velocity to stay afloat. So the problem with, you know, the diners these days is, you know, people aren't going to diners. I don't understand. Ellen Stardust Diner is still a wonder and a marvel yes, with the singing is. waiters. It's so fun oh, for kids or those without. Yes. Yeah. It's worth it. Listen, I, and I, the, I the have a. It's pretty good, too. Yes, it absolutely is. I have a diner in my neighborhood that's, that's wonderful. I mean, you don't go there for every meal, but great on the weekend for breakfast. You meet a friend for whatever. It's interesting. But let me ask you something, though, because we kid about this and we've talked about a lot of other mom and pop things in this town closing, you know, over time. Why? Why isn't a diner, you know, continuing to, you know, capture the hearts of of New Yorkers like it always the used to? The diner is always going to capture the hearts of the New Yorkers. The issue is that rents, quote unquote, too yeah. damn high. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. These old school institutions. I, I was actually at Eisenberg's the other day, which is one of my favorite spots on 22nd and 5th sure. Flatiron. It's unbelievable. It is. I love it. You get the pastrami sandwich or there's the tuna melt. Oh, place is great. But that place was Eisenberg's and pastrami sandwich. They couldn't do it, but it got a new owner. They renegotiated the lease with the landlord, got another five years on it. And that's how they're able to kind of come in. It ends up coming down to a real estate play, not a if somebody likes a diner. There's also a big seamless market yeah. True. where yeah. people are ordering in and you're yeah. not seeing and necessarily and seamless people is very there. unfair to uh, very unfair to restaurants oh yeah they take like 30 percent off the they top. take a yeah. they take a big percentage and then you know when i had a restaurant a few years ago and they would hold your money for six weeks every time before releasing it so you had to float what? all those orders for kidding? six weeks i think they've gotten a little better with that but they they are the, kind of the primary reason a lot of places are going under right now because that's where all the customers go. Right? Well, it, it, Seamless is interesting because I was talking okay, to I our – I that all back and I no longer – And there's no margin on it. I mean, yeah. No, no, no. You have a 30% cost of food, 30% off the top. You have no margin. Right. Yeah. But I was talking to our Matt Cohen who's on the show all the time with us and not today unfortunately. But he, I was talking to him the other night and he's like, oh, hold on a minute because I heard the buzzer ringing. And I said, well, who's, who's coming to visit you? He said, oh, that's uh, my, my, my dinner order. I said, well, I just finished cooking dinner. Don't you ever <laughs> – he oh, says, oh, please, I believe that. He says, no, but he was so funny. He says, I don't cook and I'm not going to cook. He says, when I can get on my computer and order dinner, he says, why wouldn't I? There you I go. have a 10 year old brand new kitchen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, when we eat out, we eat out, but when I'm home, it's shoes in the oven, maybe. Yeah, right. Shoes and shirts in the oven. I once dated somebody who he used to keep all of his shirts in, you know, the Kramer? No. <laughs> In the microwave no, oven and in the stove. <laughs> and I only discovered that on moving like day, and I said, what right is that now. about? This is real laughter. Oh, yes. man. That was good, now. We've had too much of a holiday. That's, that's oh, what's going on. Anyway, when you've lived in New York City long enough, silence, you know, silence, not in this group, becomes a coveted luxury that can often feel impo- impossible to find. Even apartment dwellers on the 15th or 20th floor or higher floors have difficulty escaping the sounds of searing sirens and congested traffic. As I always say, noise travels up a building. Nobody yes, wants to listen to me on that. It's true. true. A lower right. floor is more quiet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends. There have been noise studies done, and it actually depends on how tall the buildings are on the other side for the noise to refract. Ooh, I'm shaking a page from our I was going to say, this is like girl genius now. Well, there's something to be said for that. However, there's a lesser-known secret for those seeking serenity in New York City. I don't know about that. Anyway. Rear rear apartments or back facing apartments where a lot of people say, well, you know, there's no view, there's no sunlight, there's no this. So I always say, and I just had this situation a couple of weeks ago, there's a trade off. Either you have the view and the sun and then all this wonderful people watching, 
or you have silence. And silence is what you want. How often do you people run into um, buyers who have conflict over should I go from one or the other? I think you can have both. Yeah. You can have city windows that work miraculously. Yeah. They they melt away. They do. You don't yeah. see them. And you get your light and you get your view and you get your quiet. They're super effective too. Like surprisingly really, really, effective. Really, yeah. They are very they silent. melt away. Yeah. Although I get nervous if it's too quiet. If I'm out in the suburbs, I, I, I miss the city noise, yeah. frankly. I know. I was just at my it's white noise parent. to me. Yeah. I was just at my mom's over the weekend last weekend, and it's like you wake up and it's silent. You go to sleep and it's silent. Mm. You're kind of hanging around and doing whatever, and it's silent. The only thing I can hear is the dog tapping on the wooden floor. <laughs> or, or the stranger if, lurking outside. If, <laughs> if I hear crickets. Well, you kind of wait for somebody. What neighborhood are you hanging out in? If I actually hear crickets outside, I cannot sleep. Crickets drive me insane. I don't like crickets. Yeah. Listen, that's the one thing I don't like about the suburbs or the country or the crickets. I can't deal with crickets, right? They they just drive me insane. Well, I, I don't. I don't. Right? Exactly. I live on the just tenth like, floor. Not everyone cooks, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I made a fantastic meal last night. It was really good. Where's our invite? Did you post it? You control what goes no. into your, your food. I control what goes into my yeah. food. So anyway, so that's so good. do you yeah. hear people though actually asking you for back rear apartments, or do they just say? Everybody's I, – I sell a lot of new developments and they come and they look at you know, 2nd Avenue or 61st Street or wherever you're selling and they're like, oh, but that looks right on the avenue. Yeah, so what? This yeah. is New York City. <laughs> what do you want? There's always a compromise. It depends. Yeah, there's very few people that come to me specifically asking for that. In fact, they usually respond better to my line. Oh, and this one, you don't have to sacrifice light for quiet. You get both. So that's usually well, the kind right. of thing that well, people are that, looking for both. If yeah. it's a ground floor apartment, people definitely uh, <clears throat> prefer not to face the street. Yeah. Well, that yeah, I understand. If it's first sure. floor apartment, you want to sort of be in the back. It's a security it's thing. You feel yeah. a little better, you know, whatever. But um, but it all depends on the light. Plus, a lot of times you get a patio. Yeah, it depends on the light. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I will say just uh, about the city windows, it, it's a really hard sell when somebody's not actually seen them for themselves. Mm-hmm. So when they're facing the street and it's noisy, no matter what floor you're on, if you tell them about city windows, it almost feels like broker stick. Like, oh, you can fix this by it putting is, a bandaid yeah. over it. But it's such a real they thing. Work. But it is broker. They work. But it is broker lingo, whatever. But it's true. It, they, it it's, works it's, brilliantly. It's and it's broker lingo how, only because we're knowledgeable about it. Right, not surprising because, yeah. how many people don't know about it. But city proof and city quiet are amazing. Your next sponsors are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> city you want to know something? That's true, Tracy. Because every time I mention it to somebody in a <clears> lower <throat> floor apartment, they th- oh, really? You can do that? And I'm yeah. saying, yeah, you can. And it's really actually. Second cool. Avenue, but off they get, Square, they get really worried about the visual aspect of yes. it. So they need yeah. to they need to see them and say, sure. "Oh wow, yeah. those are that's another level, another um, layer of window yeah. there." Yeah, they're like storm windows. You know, I grew up in a house in the suburbs, and the storm windows on the outside of the window, right? Mm. Yeah. These are on the inside of the window, and they usually slide from side to side. So you're right; the visual kind of you know yeah. uh, presents a problem if they don't really know what they are. And I I, I tell them where to go and look at them, yeah. or, or or who to talk to about it because they are. They're damn good, and they really do work. I sold an apartment on the fourth floor recently last year, and she said, I'm going to do this. And after she did it, she called me upstairs because I'm still selling in the building. She said, you're right. Look how quiet this apartment is, and this apartment faces 2nd Avenue. I mean, literally hangs on 2nd Avenue. You don't hear anything. So they do work. So all of you out there in TV land or wherever, if you're interested (laughs) in a low-floor apartment or a front-facing apartment – Think about city windows. Plug for city windows. Uh, they don't sponsor, but maybe they sure. will. Maybe they should. But look, I mean, they do work. If you have been paying attention, you're probably aware that the current buyer's market is slowing down. But new inventory from new condo developers is hitting the market every week with, you know, as everybody says, an overabundance of apartments. So it's no surprise that developers are pr- providing some 
very interesting incentives, okay? And I'm working with my developer and HPDM right now to come up with a, a, a potpourri of incentives for our building uh, because it's necessary. You know, I've started in, in new, new development sales many years ago where there were no incentives. Here was the purchase price. Here are the common charges. Here are the taxes, whether they were abated or not. And you just paid everything full price, including all the, uh, the closing costs. What goes on today in new development sales is absolutely beyond even my imagination. It's just incredible. So I say plug for new development uh, buildings out there. If you have a liking for brand new, if you want to be the first person to live in an apartment, if you just like you know what they look like, go and buy them because now – is the time, especially as we keep determining it's a buyer's market, now is the time that you can do it. Get the transfer tax and mansion tax covered by the sponsor. Has that, have any of you sold recently new developments where yes. you could yes. not get that? that? That's the first oh, thing no. that you could that's the first thing that you negotiate. It's it's all the other things yeah. above that that are just new and unique. The resident supers <laughs> apartment contribution for getting into the building oh. sponsor's attorney, mansion tax. We have been promised all at one new development. Tracy, that's, that's an interesting yeah. right, let me and ask you about that. To wait for somebody else to Which sell their apartment in order to buy. That's an interesting one. That's a well, they would never do they would, uh, never they would do never, ever do contingency. No. But Tracy, let me ask you about that because the sure. supers apartment my building does not have a supers apartment okay. in the building so everybody asked the question because everybody's familiar with what that means they're willing to who's absorbing the cost of buying that supers apartment the developer, the developer? they are insistent wow. on keeping their reduced asking price at the price but they're doing all kinds of credits even including the um the decorator credit yeah. which my cute buyer said really i don't know about that i don't think i want to go through the hassle of submitting my cute receipts buyer. i'm like oh no i just meant he was cute and that he thought that for a decorator credit he had to actually submit his receipts for the decorator i was like oh honey that's just a name it's you know it's money <laughs> back you don't have to it's do just, anything it's just cash, it's just cash it's back just cash. at closing just keep that keep that ask price I think I think Excel has some of the most interesting. Yes, they uh, do. Incentives. Yeah. Didn't I read something recently? Ten years worth of common charges right. or something uh, like yeah. one, one Manhattan, Manhattan Square. square. That's yeah. Crazy. yeah, which yeah. I think a lot of the rentals and investors and apartments are going to be cannibalized over there. And now there's several new towers kind of on ice right now. Like JDS yes. is building a huge rental over there. Rentals. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that was going to be the next one. Wave the monthlies. And so the developers, my developers, yeah. currently right now and I are talking about you know. It should it be two years of common charges? Should it be three years of common charges? Because in my building, it's a boutique thirty-unit building, so the the monthlies are a little higher than they would be anywhere else. And so we're proposing two or three years. Sponsor pays common charges. Common charges for two to three years. And you taxes? Know, I like it. No, well, we haven't gotten there yet, but but we might have to. The taxes you know, are a big issue, right? Is now. Taxes are a very building? big issue. Yeah. It's, big it's issue an right abated now. building, but New York State increased us four times Whoa. in January wow. of this year. A lot of buildings on the Upper East Side, but we got whacked. Wow. So the tax assessments are coming in insanely. The, ass I mean, the like assessments are horrible. <laughs> Becoming unsellable. Yeah. That means people just can't pay them. Cannot. Yeah. I mean, the cannot. question with all these things I always ask like my buyers, I don't know what you guys think, is like, a dollar is a dollar. So if you're taking money off common charges or the price or whatever, the, the dollars are all fungible. Do sophisticated buyers really fall for this stuff? Like yes, they do. 2000 mm -hmm. bucks a month over 36 months, you're talking about $72,000. Like, is that really meaningful on a 2-6 purchase or would they rather just get it for 2-5? I mean, it's the same psychology as pricing something at two million versus one nine nine five. It's just when right. It's when a psychological. Look, it's, a it's a psychological. It's like a psychological. Financially, the developer's still getting a phenomenal deal. Of course, he is, yeah. and they can still there's, there's a whole bunch of write-offs that they can do. Yeah. Just to close out the segment, so waive the monthlies, pay the legal fees, have the buyers. I'm sorry, the the sponsors pay their own legal fees. Throw in something extra, whatever that extra is. 
And maybe it means cut the price. In some cases, they don't want to reduce the price, but in some cases, they do. Got to take a break. We're live from Smash Studios here in New York City. This is Good Morning New York. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back uh, for segment three, and we're here with Sean McPeak from Halstead, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Jordan Shea from Douglas Elliman, Ari Harkoff from Halstead, Nia Lundgren from Compass, and Anna Shagalov from uh, Halstead. We're so excited here in the studio this morning that I forgot to read my sponsorship at the end of segment two, so I'm going to do it at the start of segment three. You got boy. They'll deal with it. Intro says, when it's time to make a hire for your small business, naturally you want to find the best person for the job. <laughs> yes, I'm, you just said that. Odds are. I can't let that slide. I mean, <laughs> pause. But odds are that that person is on LinkedIn. You're going to find them on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yeah. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who make the most sense of your role. LinkedIn Jobs use uh, knowledge of both hard skills and soft skills to match you with the people who fit your role the best. People come to LinkedIn every day to learn and advance their career so LinkedIn understands that they're or what they're interested in and what they're looking for, which means when you use LinkedIn jobs to hire someone, your matches are based uh, on so much more than just a resume. I mean, you can't really sense what a person is based on a piece of paper. My thoughts. Your LinkedIn job matches are based on skills and background, sure, but also interest, activities, and passions. Matching lets you quickly 
Uh, get a group of the most relevant, qualified candidates for your role. That way, you can focus on the candidates you want to spend time talking to and make a quality hire you're excited about. Customers rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires. So, post a job today at linkedin.com slash Vince and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash Vince. Terms and conditions apply. Yay, LinkedIn! Yay, LinkedIn! Listen, I use LinkedIn all the time. I'm not looking oh, for a job, but I like more, LinkedIn. Uh, it's the Facebook for professionals. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, anyway, so moving on, the Trump administration's plan to return Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to private ownership, which the president has called a pretty urgent issue, may come with some politically inconvenient truths for 2020. Mark Calabria, the new director of the Federal Housing Finance Agency, insists that the companies raise capital buffers before his agency releases them from government control. One result of these requirements will likely be higher fees for lenders uh, that the companies uh, insure, which will then lead to higher mortgage costs, that according to Bloomberg. It's unnecessary and doesn't make any sense, Mark Zandi, chief economist of uh, Moody's says. Uh, he also told that to Bloomberg News. Higher mortgage rates will raise payments and reduce demand. Less demand will mean lower house price growth. What do you say to that? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a boon for investors. I think it's going to hurt some of the uh, the, the middle and low income families. I, I did some research on this. It seems like the uh, 30-year fixed mortgage um, has a potential of actually going away because um, the when you when you privatize these loans, they're not as conservative. <clears> so they're gonna they think that that 30-year fix could be something that um, would be not within their their threshold, and they wouldn't do it. So I think that could be a problem. Um, for lower and middle income families, especially with the fact that there's going to be rising um, just general costs of, of doing business. That I think we've been teetering on the edge of 30-year fixed mortgages going away anyway. I agree with that, yeah. Niall, because, I mean, listen, who wants to sign up? I mean, I remember my first mortgage way back when my dad said, 30-year fixed, mm -hmm. you've got to get that. You yeah. know, you have to be get a great interest rate. Yeah. Be conservative. You don't, you know, you don't you know what's know happening. What yeah. Who hold. keeps a mortgage for 30 years 30 anymore? Years. Who <laughs> keeps a mortgage for 30 years? Yeah. No one. So no all one. of these packages that are available that 10-year arms, 7-year arms, 5-year arms. I do have a 30-year no mortgage for my place in Miami Beach, so there's that. <laughs> well, listen, but, but, it, but, but they, the reality yeah. of you refining it or selling it or right. paying it yeah, down. You're, yeah, you're, you're not going to. Fair enough. I don't really recall. I can't recall, actually, in the last several years, a buyer uh, that I've worked with has gotten a 30-year mortgage. I mean, I don't even recall when the last one I no, saw was. They're all interest only. They're all... Uh, what do, do you, you still it? have a lot of interest only? I, I do not. I just did one interest yeah. only. A lot of co-op. I mean, most not a, co not, not a lot, those. but I just did one interest only in, in new development. And I thought, okay, well, that's kind of strange. But definitely the five, uh, seven, and ten-year. Ten-year arms are becoming really, I yes. think, very popular. Yes. But I mean, I don't know what that does to investors. I don't know what that does to um, you know a lot of, a lot of people out there. But you know, rates right now, generally speaking, for buyers. Uh, they're amazing. I mean, they're just absolutely the lowest I've seen them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they are this week. I didn't check this week, but they're low. extremely low. Yeah. And when you add in relationship pricing and all these nuances mm -hmm. that the banks have rolled on, it's unbelievable. We have well, clients getting like below three percent right now on jumbo loans. Absolutely, yeah. on it's jumbo un loans, it's unbelievable. Like three million dollar loans. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, like you said, the term relationship loans, I mean, you know, that's kind Park of big a little these cash days. with the bank, get yep. my loan, and then do whatever we, I do. We had one that came in. We had a we had a seven-year arm that came in below 2% the other day for, yeah. for a customer. Below 2%? Yeah. 
Wow. My buyer just wow. one bank? of my buyers just got two point one percent. How do I get that? Yeah. 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 Seriously, what bank can say? Bank, bank of America. Yeah, really? You know, they that's have some insane rates if you have a good relationship over there. But obviously, they're my buyer just closed on a three point five million dollar um, penthouse, whatever, and he got Bank of America. You you just reminded me his loan was two point one or two point zero percent. He had to park some money. Yep. Which yeah. he has anyway, so he, he moved it anyway, from here to not? there, yeah, and he's getting two point oh on free. Free. It's free money, it's free, it's free money, free, free money. It's below inflation. Buyers out there, if you're <laughs> listening, okay, well, call is, one of these people because this is a time to buy. For God's sake, this sakes. is what got us into trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> 12, 11 years ago. Well, no, no, no. What got us into trouble was the non-income verification stuff. Right, true. You could be pulling weeds along the highway and get a three million dollar loan through saying no, no dollars. Some of those, yeah, some of those style loans are coming back for sure. I think we're all kind of seeing some. Well, see that it's like red flag. Yeah. Red flag. Like, down, down pay, when you see the down payment help yeah. emails coming through, you know oh, it's yeah. getting a little. Yeah. It reminds me of the guy who was buying a penthouse for me many years ago and wanted to come to the closing table with a suitcase full of cash. Oh, sounds like my grandfather. I may have, <laughs> I may have told the story on the on the air before. I don't really remember, but he the the, the co broker called me and said, "Listen, so he wants to come to the closing table because it was a cash deal, but no one asked him." Oh. You know, he where didn't he was get getting the, the memo cash that it really didn't <laughs> mean cash. Were they singles and twenties? I mean, you cash. His response was, was, he was wearing a fedora and sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> well, but his response was, but but I told you and I told my agent that it's a cash deal, and she said to me, well, but Vince, it's a cash deal, and I said, excuse me, he can't show up at the closing table with a suitcase full of cash. <laughs> right. Not going to work. This is in Morocco. First of all, who makes it to the closing table with that? Who's going to count the money? Number one and number two. Are you kidding me? This is. Talk about red flag. This is like multiple color flags. You don't flags. care where it comes from as long as it's there. <laughs> the banks have great programs to take. <laughs> Who gets to count that suitcase? One, two. I don't know, but you know, really, That's it's a very long all cash closing. Really. Very long. Yeah. Very yeah. long. Everyone has counters, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. According to Six Squared, a judge last week approved the city's plan to open a homeless shelter near Manhattan's Billionaire Row neighborhood. You know, here we go. Manhattan Supreme Court Judge Alexander Tisch dismissed a lawsuit from the West 58th Street Coalition, so not far from here, a group of residents who claimed the shelter would have an enormous impact on our densely populated, narrow, high pedestrian traffic street. The ruling comes uh, more than a year after Mayor Bill de Blasio, another rocket scientist, first announced plans (laughs) to open a shelter for 140 (laughs) single men at the coveted Park Savoy Hotel located right next door to 157, the big super tall building that everybody calls, you know, Billionaire's Row, with a penthouse that recently sold, well, not recently, in 15, for $100 million. So you've got a $100 million penthouse in this building right next door. Uh, a shelter for single a single uh, men, you know, That's or single mean. anybody. That's a little mean. I'm sorry. Tell there are lots of other places that they could place that. Well, shelter. well, well. But well, here's this but this is what thing. Uh, go ahead. De Blasio is is kind of yes, advocating for it. Yeah, De Bozo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's trying to move right Oh, there's a good one. Debozo. I didn't know that. Yeah, there you have it. No, it's not Kevin. No, the same thing, by the way, Vince, is happening on 4th Avenue. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Luxury same thing's records. happening. Well, but, they're but, but, taking developer-built buildings on 4th Avenue in Brooklyn next to multi-million dollar condos, yeah. and they're turning them into um, homeless shelters. 
with no community involvement, with no buy-in, and with this like opaque financial situ- situation where the developer's making a ton of money. That is not okay. And yeah. the community's like, what's happening here? They're paying market There's rate no rents. There's no discussion. Right. This, is, this is communist I'm, politics. It actually is, yeah. Well, well, well let's, let's elaborate on that because people say That's to me, why is this becoming it. such a controversial issue? It's crystal clear to me. How could you do something like that next to a very – look, you, you don't ever want to separate classes of people. I mean that's sure. not what you know we are about here in New York or in America. However, I mean there are plenty of other places to put well, some of these also, is homes. it the most efficient use of tax dollars to be putting homeless shelters in no. one of the most expensive locations no, in the not. city? From the economics, it is it's actually – It's just economically incredibly sense. inefficient. It's also a tourist yeah. corridor. It's also extremely expensive retail corridor for real estate. So it makes absolutely yeah, no it's sense. It's going to impact more it, than just the residential buildings. It, it's, yeah. it's really like a personal vendetta mm-hmm. that uh, – It's class warfare that yes. de Blasio uh, advocates for. It's yeah. a giant fu to the city of New York. I'm sorry. The, there's no other way to say it. And he wants to run for president. Not uh, one person in Iowa cast a vote for him, and he says, "Well, it's early in the process." Really? Because sorry, he's, bro. he's so beloved here. You know, I can see why he would think. He's, he's paying himself yeah. a salary with all the donations, and he's taking his family on vacation. That's it's called saying. idiot. Yeah. Look, I don't understand don't how I don't understand guy. how you can put buildings on streets like we just described. <clears throat> I remember years ago on the Upper West Side, you know, a lot of SROs, single resident occupancy places. I mean, you know, you have these beautiful pre-war buildings, these beautiful new condo development buildings, you know, and then down some of the side streets you had, you know, buildings, you know, SRO buildings that had homeless people, Mm -hmm. mentally ill people. You had people who were not, you know, able to live in other buildings. Again, not that we discriminate or, or segregate. However... You know, it wreaks havoc on a neighborhood. He he owns two houses in Park Slope. Why doesn't he open one next to one of his houses in Park Slope? Wasn't he right. volunteer? Yeah. He, yeah. And he's and he's not paying full. You Those know, houses that are not taxes. exactly exactly he's paying low taxes. He's the ultimate socialist. I have a question. Is it too late? Is it too late to stop that? Is it too late to stop what's happening at Fourth Avenue? Is it just a done deal? I don't know. Fourth Avenue thing is done. They had a community meeting about it. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Vince, is it too late with this billionaire's row thing? Yes. I think it's it's too late on 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 both counts. Yes. Uh, The Fourth Avenue one. I just became. Wake up. We all need to wake up. This this cannot continue. That's not acceptable. Well, listen. You know, this is like everything else in life, and everything else in New York City that's controversial or not. If you want to say something, if you want to make a a point about something, get involved. You know, get involved. There are community, you know, meetings and community town halls, and 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 people push back on stuff like this all the time. However, you know, at the start of the program, I mentioned, and by the way, that building that I talked about at ten fifty nine third is my next development site because that developer of the Claire is doing that building. And it's a huge controversy, and I keep saying, how did we not know this? You know, taking off five or six stories from a building, that's one issue, okay? You know, the homeless is another issue. But now, you know, the the city apparently four times approved uh, approved the current plan. Now, all of a sudden, they come back and say, you may have to remove 10,000 square feet and four or five stories from the building. Someone forgot forgot to bribe somebody. Somebody forgot to do something is all I want to know. All right, we've got to take a break. We're live from Smash Studios here in New York. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. 
We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back to segment four, and we're here with the panel Sean, Tracy, Jordan, Ari, Niall, and Anna. So, in the early 2000s, pre construction condos, and this is a good story because a lot of people continue to ask me about this because I do still do a lot of new condo sales. Pre-construction condos in New York City sold fast, okay? There was a cachet to getting into a new development early and at a good price, okay? But then, that was then. Uh, The first quarter 2019 Douglas Elliman report uh, says that sales... Tells today tell a very different story. Although January's record $238 million condo sale on Central Park South skew the average sale prices of new development to record highs. And, you know, we all get irritated when that happens because everybody says, well, how come I can't get that price per square foot? Well, take out the $238 million closing on one apartment and then you're going to see what the real price per square foot is. Um, so, uh, closings for new development were at their lowest in 16 years, 16 years, the amount of them and the dollar volume of them. Very significant indeed. So my question to all of you who, you know, play around in, in, in all of this stuff, including new development, why isn't getting in early to get a good price any longer available? We used to call it a friends and family discount for the first couple of weeks, sometimes a month mm-hmm. or two. All the development sites that I opened in the yeah, past, first tier pricing. We had yeah, first tier, yeah. yes, first schedule A. Friends and family, bring your your people in. You get a good price because Second Amendment, like a week or two later, the prices yes. were jacked up astronomically. Right. But it works when the market is surging. The market's yes. not surging, right. so the first price is the price. 
Yeah. The first price is the right, but here's the but thing. The second Ari, price is the lower price. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. well, yeah. well. Yeah. Developers, yeah. You, developers don't want to know that, but but people still have that expectation. They do. Yes. I had a call recently saying, "Hey, but isn't there any friend?" I said, first of all, friends and family were open for two years, so if that did exist, <laughs> that's long you gone. You do get first pick of the floor plan, the floor, et cetera, if you do get in first. Yeah, I, I'm a veteran of having bought off two floor plans, and one turned out really, really great, and the other was still well, waiting. But, but, the mentality is different too. I mean, they they need to they, they need to buy touch. something yeah. see, so that's more tangible. Yeah. Well, listen. Fear of the unknown. But that's a, that's an indicator of a buyer's market. Exactly. Buyers are saying, I'm not going to buy a floor plan. I'm not going to yeah. buy some unknown. I want to see it, touch it, feel it, walk it. See the you view. Know, Don't depend view. on a drone view. And I'm still going to get that that insider price. So, right. Right. And I'll we wait. have 10 years of data to show that you probably should see what you're buying because exactly. it's not always as promised. Mm-hmm. It's not always as promised. And what I tell people today who come into new development, and I'm sure you all do the same thing. Forget what was then, because that did exist. Mm-hmm. And Schedule A was Schedule A, first Schedule A, blah, blah, then everything went up. So if you were smart enough, and then they used to come and, and bash me over the head, well, I know you have unreleased units, so why can't I pick one from the unreleased or schedule? Or you could flip a contract before closing, or, you know, I mean, you could really, someone could make money all if they got that, in the first. All of these things, as Ari said before, you know. Glory in a, in days. A, in glory <laughs> days, but in a, in a booming marketplace, you know, all, any and all of this stuff is possible. So today, it's not like that, and I just say to them, listen, <clears> if you like this unit, if you want to live in this building, if you like this apartment, whatever, just come to me with your best offer. Be realistic, but come to me with your best offer, and we'll see where it goes. And I have the to tell you something. The realistic part is a little tricky. <laughs> <laughs> it's so subjective. Yeah, well, realistic. I don't expect them right out of the shoot to be realistic. I yeah. tell them that, but they, ne- they never are. Never I mean, when are. I get $400,000 under an asking price, I kind of right. look at them and think, really? really? Okay. Tell me twenty five off the ask. De- depending <laughs> on how high the price is, Vince, that's something you should still do at even a token counter, too. Oh, no, no. I, no, no, absolutely. But I'm just saying, you know, that's not, as Anna just said, being realistic is a little difficult for some people. That's if not realistic. If the project realistic. has been priced right, if the project has been priced with yesterday's prices, maybe they're spot on. I'm just saying. No, well, you're, you're right. And, Unfortunately, and so, I'm not happy about it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's why I say, come to me with your best offer and we'll see where it goes. And I had two recently, we put two contract, two apartments in contract last month, and they were significantly off the asking price. I mean, significantly. So, do like 20, it like twenty percent off. Uh, one was twenty percent, and one was about sixteen-ish. Ouch! Wow. Ouch! Yeah. yeah. Wow. Welcome to twenty nineteen. <laughs> and the one that got twenty did a better negotiation because they were the same apartment. You know, just a price maybe twenty thousand dollars difference. So uh-huh. one negotiated uh-huh. harder than the other. Sure. So. Sharpen those skills, brokers, because you got an opportunity out there to get some yeah. good stuff for your agents. Like we you know. said at the top of the show, there's always business to be to be had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of you know what Bring you're willing to do. Back around. All right. So <laughs> on the heels on the heels of all of that, and in the current marketplace that we're in, listing pitch success rate. What what are you seeing out there? Mm-hmm. I'm seeing people that I pitched recently. I'm losing more than I than I've signed up it for the first time in my career, and it all comes down to Price yep. and commission, and commission, and commission. That's all of a sudden become a big issue. Even so with current listings, there's huge downward correct. pressure in the market. 
I mean, so you've got, I won't name names, but you've got, you know, some startup brokerages that are looking to basically buy market share. You've got a lot of sellers who feel like they are. And they're doing it. need to name names. Right. Niall, close your ears. And you've got a lot of sellers who feel like they're, you know, they're in the wrong end of the stick and they're losing a lot of money and every point counts and a lot of brokers are not doing a lot of business and they're they're desperate and you put it all together and it's just it's I mean, there's norm. There's also some other factors too. There's the antitrust law suits going around in the Midwest. There's what yeah. you were discussing mm-hmm. off mic, uh, the Rebney uh, rental commission cap legislation. That's really scary. Yeah. That's yeah. Re- that's yeah. not so hot. So, And then you have a lot of listing aggregators also throwing the mix. It's 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 almost like World War One right now. We're like trench warfare. No one's really making any progress. Almost nobody's profitable, but everyone's still kind of collegial. So and people always forget times. the seller always say, you know, sellers will say to us, you know, oh, go to five percent because you're at six. It's just one point. One point is like sixteen percent. Do you want your boss to cut your salary by sixteen percent? How does that feel to you? You know, people don't really do the math. They don't do the math because they don't want to do the math. They don't right. even really want to think about what it means. Percent. What's the big deal? You know, I have said for how many years am I in the business? 17 years that everybody always has their hands in my pocket. Always. 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 It's like we, it's like we just wake up and make money. We don't do anything. We don't don't earn it. We open and close doors. We open and close doors and we get paid big bucks. Well, I wish it was that easy. I mean, you know, I don't look like this on purpose. Okay. (laughs) I think we're on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here's another one. So, um, how to improve your marketing in a down market. Okay. So we, we talked about this a little bit earlier on the show. Look, we have to, we, we, I've learned how to better, you know, work with expectations of buyers and sellers. or I'm learning. I shouldn't say I've learned because like you learn something every day, but you try and figure that out because I think that's important. But more important is how do we turn this market into better marketing for our listings or better marketing for our brand, as we like to call ourselves, you know, brand specialists, because we are, we, we all are different people. We all have different, you know, uh, likes and dislikes. Uh, geographies that we work in. So how do we better do that? Because, you know, this is a market where we need to be better at marketing. One word, collaboration. Yes. You collaborate Amen. with everyone outside of the real estate industry because everybody has a stake in a home. And there's art and there's um, there's fashion finance. and there's finance and there's there are so many different avenues that you can collaborate with to get the word out in different ways. And a lot of that, a lot of this, you do for your sellers. I mean, whether it brings in that buyer that we need, it won't often do that. But a lot of it is just to get the word out there, to show our sellers that we're doing everything that we possibly can. We're thinking outside the box. We're posting everything on social media to make sure that it, it reaches eyeballs. I mean, it's collaboration. It's everything. Anything on branding, guys? I mean, you know, do you? I'm a huge believer in video. I think we're all not doing enough video. Yeah, you we're do getting very to a well, point. By the way. Yeah, Thank true. you. Ari does a great job. Yeah, Thank he does. You. But we're getting to a point now where is. I but I think it's important. I was just at this um, seminar the other day when they were talking about how basically the human beings now have the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> and essentially we see that. something That's and we true. immediately move on. But at least moving video catches our eye a little bit longer um, because static images are like, whatever, I see one, I move on. I look at 20 you know, images in 30 seconds at Instagram yeah. and I've, I've already forgotten you know, 19 of them. So I think video is really important. And it also makes it feel more like a luxury object mm-hmm. that you're selling. 
pricing correctly, positioning it correctly, managing the seller's expectations correctly. I think there's more honesty Absolutely. to a video too because you can doctor pictures and, Absolutely. and do broker yeah. babble descriptions. People want to see people want to see moving objects. Mm-hmm. I think you know video is always going to be. We talk about it here, right? Video versus just audio stuff or just still pictures. Everybody wants to see it. I'm being told I'm out of time. That's our broadcast for this morning. Thank you for joining us. Ellen DeGeneres says, sometimes you can't see yourself clearly until you see yourself through the eyes of others. And Charles Darwin says, it is not the strongest of the species that survived, nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. Mm. Be kind to one another. And for all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.